today on It's Time. What God is trying to do here is show us, be careful that money doesn't use you. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of 1 Timothy. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. And this morning, if you have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And we're going to pick it up where we left off last week. A little review uh, in uh, verse 6. This uh, letter was written by the Apostle Paul to a young minister, probably around 30 years old, named Timothy. Encouraging him to stay in Ephesus. And I suppose like anybody, sometimes he felt like moving on. But he said, stay there and do what really God wants you to do, Timothy. And so he gave him a lot of really great advice, uh, adhering to God's word, all these things. And now we come to uh, an interesting place in the Bible about money. Now, this isn't about tithing. It's about really worldly things that we have. And so Paul is expressing to him what's important, what is not, and the difference uh, of what those, uh, those, those two are. Okay, let's pray. Father, as we go to your word now, we just ask, these words come alive. And Lord, that they don't just stay pay, ink on paper, but Lord, that it, just as your Holy Spirit inspired it to be written, God, that your Holy Spirit would inspire it to go into all of our hearts. And so we just ask you now that as we'd spend this time in reading your word, that you would speak to us, encourage us, and cause us not to forget these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, when we go to verse 6 of Timothy chapter 6, he says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment, not just godliness, not just contentment, but both of them together. Now, when we look at contentment, that means our hearts are settled. And I like this because the opposite to contentment is what? Disappointment. I think every one of us have experienced in some way or another disappointment. How does that manifest? Well, you might buy a lottery ticket, you scratch it off, and the little, the little money bags are there, and you scratch it off, and you didn't win. That's disappointment. There can be big disappointment. You ask somebody that you love to marry you, and they say no. That's disappointment. We all are faced with disappointment. How do we deal then with disappointment so then in turn we have contentment? And I think this is really important because oftentimes people become depressed because of their disappointment. They go into a tailspin and feel that God has forgotten them. 
Well, that's not the case. And as we look at this here, we find that godliness with contentment is great gain. So no matter what condition we are in, we have to realize, first of all, as a Christian, I am in Christ. You are in Christ. And so because God is bigger than the circumstances that are on me, you are exactly where God wants you to be. Some of you might say, well, Mike, you don't understand. I really went out and tore it up last night. I really was far out of God's will. Question, is God bigger than the things that we've done wrong? Yes or no? The answer is yes. In fact, again, we've talked about this many times. Only in Christianity do you find that God is the rebuilder. All the religions of the world, in some way or another, will tell you how to get uh, to get appeasement to the supreme force, whatever it might be, by burning incense sticks or wearing orange or, or selling flowers in airports. They all got their own little gig out there that they're trying to do, okay? But only Christ says that he will rebuild us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Now, I like that because, as Paul says, all things work together for the good to those that know and love God that are called according to his purpose. What does that mean? That means this. God takes even the bad things when we repent from those things and make them good. That brings contentment. See, I can always look in my life at the things I don't have, and that will bring disappointment. And when I look at disappointment, I won't be looking at contentment. So here's the problem. Our society, our advertising council, all the things that generally we see in TV and the movies and all those things are all targeted on making you disappointed so you'll buy their thing to what? Get contentment. The world runs roughshod over this. You know, and again, we find how the world has perverted really the gospel message. But you'll find that gospel message almost in every single movie that's ever been produced. And here's how it works. Adam and Eve was in the garden. They sinned. A Savior came, restored them back into that right place with God again. Now, take just about any movie you can think of. There was something normal. Then something bad happened. Then Arnold or somebody else comes along and makes it all right and makes it back the way it was the first. There's always this underlying thing of the greatest story ever told. And that's how God restores, how there is a hero in the story. God is your hero. God is the one that gives you the contentment that you need. Again, always remember the opposite of contentment is disappointment. Again, oftentimes we're really good at treating symptoms, terrible at treating problems. Well, here's the reason why. Because we don't always know what causes our lack of contentment. God, I'm in you. I know you love me, but there's something uneasy inside of me right now. What is causing that? Well, it's because we think Well, I don't have what I should have or something else. Well, again, the contentment is important. Settle your hearts. This is one of the things that Jesus Christ does. He settles us in who he is and who we are in him. For we brought nothing into this world and as certain we can carry nothing out. Isn't it amazing? We go into this world, we come in this world as a little baby not having anything, we leave and we can't take anything with you. And friends, there's only one thing going from this world into the next world. 
It's not our IRAs. It isn't our 401ks. It isn't our cars. It isn't our hobbies. It isn't our diplomas. There's only one thing going from this world to the next, and that is people. Now, one of the things God endeavors to do is to cause us to see God's value system. In other words, I can begin to believe the lie of the world and what the world says value is. And we know that's a fleeting thing. I remember many years ago, I went down to Mexico to help some missionaries down there. And I remember going into one of the stores in, in, uh, in town, and they had little white tags, little white dress tags on most of the products in the store. But what was really amazing is I noticed that there would be a price, it was marked through, and then there was another price, and then that was marked through, and another price, and that was marked through. And that was because the peso was so unstable that by every day they would have to go in and reevaluate how much this product was because the peso was changing so much. And I remember when I was a kid growing up, it was eight pesos to the American dollar. At that time when I was in Mexico, it got almost up to 3,000 pesos to the Mexican dollar, 3,000 pesos to the American dollar. People say, what are you saying here? I'm saying this, you put eight pesos away for your retirement someday and have inflation come along, it will wipe it out. That will cause depression. That will cause disappointment. You see, the problem is our value system has to be rooted in God's value system. There is nothing from this world going into the next world except people. But yet we'll find that in our world today, communication skills are gone. You don't have to be very observant to find this. Two people sitting at a table, both on their iPads or on their cell phones, not talking to each other. They're talking to whoever's on their little pad. And I'm amazed how communication ability in our country and in the world has fallen apart. One of the things that Paul says, and to communicate, forget not. Why? Because you're communicating to people. God's value system And yet we have found so often that we have lost our communication skills. You say, well, what's a communication skill? That's the ability to go up, start a conversation with somebody. Hi, how are you? Whoa, what do you want? That's basically the reaction you get nowadays when you talk to anyone. So not only have we damaged the ability for us to reach out to people, but then people to respond back to us as we try to talk to them. What is the message of the gospel? The message of the gospel is that Jesus died on the cross to save sinners. And when you receive him as your savior, your sins are forgiven. You have eternal life and a life worth living. But the problem is, if I can't communicate that to people, then the message is a moot point. So again, when we realize that contentment comes from God's value system in our life. And this is one of the things, again, friends, see a person that is not happy because of, and they don't have enough, will never have enough. Um, It's often been said, if we're not thankful for what we have, we're not going to be thankful for what we get. Why? Because there's an emptiness inside of people. Well, looking at this again, we brought nothing into this world. We're not taking anything out. So what is the one thing then that we need to reevaluate 
what our priorities and skills are. Well, again, with people. And again, Paul says this, having food and raiment or food and clothing, uh, therewith let us be content. In other words, that's what God's promised us. You know, a lot of times I I hear so much uh, uh, stuff on television and on radio, uh, not CSN, but other stations about how, well, whatever you want, you just visualize it, you claim it, you, you cut a picture out, stick it on your refrigerator, and every time you walk by your refrigerator and there's that Americanus Maximus stuck on your refrigerator, I'm claiming that. And they all have all these different formulas, you know, you just use your faith words and positive confession and visualization. You know, it's weird, back in the book of Genesis, right before the flood, the Bible says anything they imagined they, 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 they could do. So just the ability of, of positively confessing something into existence doesn't make you right with God and doesn't mean God's blessing is there. Our minds are powerful things. Whatever you set your mind to, you can do. That does not mean you're in God's will. And that doesn't mean you're going to have contentment. And that doesn't mean there's going to be peace in your life. See, the problem is, who's driving? When we come to Christ, that's one of the first things we do. No longer I, as Jesus, uh, Paul said, but Christ that lives within me. Jesus, when he taught the disciples to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, usually it's my will be done, you know. And, 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 and the thing is, we all have certain elements of things we got to do. But, but here's the problem. It's where we think we're going to make the difference in giving us the contentment that we need. Now, he says, having food and clothing, therewith let us be content. You know that what God has promised us is all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Not all my wants. I might want a lot of things. I need very few things. And so when we realize this, Paul is writing to Timothy, he's saying, hey, if you've got food and clothes, you got it. Dad's taking care of you. And that's where faith comes in. He says, but to those who desire to be rich, fall into temptations and a snare. And notice this, into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Now, again, Money can afford you sins that friends, regular poor people can't afford. What's it like to have a $30,000 a month cocaine habit? I don't know. I don't want to know. But money can bring you into a new realm. A lot of people say, you know, if I could just win the lottery, man, I'd be styling. No, you'll have a whole new set of problems than you have right now. They're still going to be there, but you're going to have a whole different group of issues. You also won't really probably even know who your friends are. They're called fair-weather friends. As long as there's money, as long as there's cars, everybody's your friend. When you go broke, you go through hard times, well, they're not around anymore. Somebody said one time, a friend is who walks in when everybody else walks out. You may never know who your friends are until you go through hard times. I got lots of friends. Oh, really? Solomon said one in a thousand was his ratio. That was Solomon. Where does that leave us? Why is that? Because people are driven sometimes by alternative forces. And again, go back in high school. I've been over this with everyone before. But when you had the car, uh, you had a job, you were working at McDonald's or whatever, and you had a few extra bucks, and you were, you know, hauling everybody around, you're everybody's friend. 
Then you didn't have enough money for, for uh, insurance or you wrecked your car. Nobody's calling you anymore. Why? Well, they're calling the next guy that's got the car. Why is that? Well, because people use people. What God is trying to do here is show us, be careful that money doesn't use you. Because money can afford you all kinds of problems that normally you would never have. Because it puts us in a false world of security. Now again, nothing is faster fleeting than money, if you ever notice. There's an old saying, a fool and his money are soon parted. Why is that? Well, because oftentimes we don't pray about what we do with the resources that God's given us. Again, money is a lot of times just accumulation of hours of our, of our labor. So we want to be very careful how we use and what we use it for. So we want to think, God, am I doing a good job? And again, one of the things that I'd invite everyone listening here today, let God be the CEO of your life. Let God be the chief financial officer of your life. Before you buy something, pray and say, God, do you want me to buy this? Now you say, well, Mike, that's so silly. I need a refrigerator. I'm just going to go down and buy one. Pray about everything. Here's why. Have you ever done this? Have you ever went down and bought a new refrigerator? And then the next day they go on sale for half price? I have done things like that. You know, you've actually experienced this. Or somebody is moving and they go, do you know anybody that wants an almost new refrigerator for $100? We're moving and we can't put it in the moving van. And you go, oh, I wish I wouldn't have bought that. Making God the chief financial officer of your life is so good. God knows what we need, the Bible says, before we even ask. That's why the positive confession movement is so screwy. Because if I'm going around telling God what I want, when God already knows what I need before I ask, all I have to do is align my will with God. God will take care of me. Somebody said one time, well, you you, you need a good deal. God knows where the good deals are. God knows how to take care of you. You pray, you ask God, you seek him. He opens and closes the door. Never get mad when you pray and God says no or closes the door. Well, I'm going to buy this thing and and then God closes the door and you go, well, God, I thought you loved me. No, God says I do love you. That's why I close the door. God's got something better. God ever says no to you, it's because he loves you. You're his child and he's going to take care of you. Make it better than than it was before. The love of money is the root of all evil. Now, you've heard this misquoted oftentimes. Money is the root of all evil. No, money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. And here's why. Money's a neutral thing. It can do great, wonderful things for the kingdom of God. It can do terrible things to individuals, and it hurt people as well. Money's a neutral thing. Somebody asked me one time about rock and roll. It's it's rock and roll of the devil. Maybe you've heard that. Uh, Well, music's a neutral carrier. It can either have words in it that glorify God, or it can have words in it that glorify the underworld, uh, the things of this world, or whatever. So money's a lot like that as well. Money is a neutral carrier. It can do great things for kingdom of God. It can do terrible things and hurt people as well and destroy the individual that has it. So he says, the love, and if you like to underline things in your Bible, you might want to underline the word love because again, that's your affection. The love of money. Well, I pray that your love is for God, not for things that are perishing, 
We don't know, and I often think about this in, in business and so many people in business because they don't make God their CFO, their chief financial officer in their, in, their, in their business. You know, there's a lot of really bad things out there in business that'll get you. One of them is competition. Another one is obsolescence. You think about, uh, you might be the, the, the captain in 1900 of the biggest buggy whip factory in the world not realizing that cars are going to replace the buggy and a buggy whip factory isn't going to be worth a whole lot. You see, when we pray, I believe God motivates us. You know, in the book of Proverbs, it says God holds the knowledge to witty inventions. And that's how to keep from becoming obsolescent, whether it be in our business or our home or our love life. Well, there's nothing worse than falling into ruts, is there? You can fall into ruts and no matter what we do, no matter how precious, no matter how wonderful, how are you, darling? And it just becomes ritualistic. Well, again, inspiration comes from God. Communication is that part of God because it reflects the value system of God. Notice he says, if you like to underline in your Bible, again, underline the word love, the love of money, not money itself, but the love of money is the root of all evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Oh, my goodness. This, this doesn't sound like a good thing at all, does it? <laughs> you want to say, well, I want something that's going to be good for me. You know, money can take your heart away from God. I, I remember years ago and uh, back when church first started and there was a lot of... Uh, a lot of young people getting saved and the hippie movement was on. And, oh, yeah, I mean, God, please let the car start one more time. You know, oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, God got a hold of our priorities. I remember one time one of the guys that got saved in our church went on to be one of the pastors up in the Boise area. But I remember uh, after church, we went to one of the local restaurants and I'm sitting behind him. And he said, yeah, no, he says, I, I got saved uh, and and uh, uh, I, I, I don't have any money. I was selling drugs, so I, 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 I'm broke. And, and so then we went and had a baptism, and my contacts washed out of my eyes, and now I'm blind and broke. But he said, I got a job, and I got some glasses, and so things are getting better. Well, that's true. That's the way God works. God does make things better. God does restore. God does rebuild. All these things. But he realigns our priorities, so we are not spending three 5,000, whatever, 305, whatever amount of money on drugs a month or on booze a month or all these other things that are killing us, God helps us get a handle on our priorities. And all of a sudden we start having money. Well, gosh, this is wonderful, Lord. Thank you that, that I have money. I, I, I went out and bought a car that runs. I don't even pray about my car starting anymore. And that old washing machine that would go clunk, 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 clunk. Oh, God, let it do one. I mean, you're, you got the whole family gathered around the washing machine laying hands on it. Oh, God, let it do one more look. And, 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 and it does. Oh, hallelujah. But now that I got money, I bought a brand new washing machine. I don't even pray about my washing machine anymore. In fact, I really find that I can use money and I don't pray about anything. That's why Jesus said, how hard is it for the rich to go into the kingdom of heaven? It's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle. I've heard all kinds of stories. Well, there was this little arch and camels had to get down and kind of get on their all fours and kind of scrunch along. 
I, I really don't know about that. I heard that story. I tried to check it out. I, I never really found any validity to it. I believe it's, it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than the rich to go into heaven. That's what Jesus said. I, I just take him at his word. Why is that? Why? Because of this. I can supply all my needs. Visa MasterCard can supply all my needs according to the riches in the bank. Here's the problem. It's where our hope lies. And so again, I I just want to encourage everyone here, um, let God be God. He wants to be God not only of your eternity, but he wants to be God of your spending today and to be wise with what we have. And God is so good. And, and, and by waiting on the Lord, uh, I, I have found sometimes we'll pray, and because God didn't answer just like that, well, I get God didn't hear my prayer. I guess I'll go ahead and do what I was going to do. Give God time to work. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.